Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. We've been speaking on greater. And I believe that God has designed you for greater things. That many of us have yet to walk into the greater thing, but you know inside that you have been hardwired for something better than what you're experiencing right now. Say it again, Pastor, that you have been designed for greater things. But I want to talk to you this morning that if you don't know your greater purpose, you find yourself in this constant merry-go-round. You got motion, but you got no purpose. Going around in circles, but never accomplishing or getting anywhere. We started it last week, but I want to continue this week where it says, 1 John chapter 4, verse 4 says, Little children, you can be certain that you belong to God. Come on, somebody. You need to know you belong to God. You don't belong to Satan. You don't belong to depression. You don't belong to your past. You belong to God. Somebody say amen. amen. And having conquered them, for the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Tap your neighbor and tell him, get ready for greater. I want you to know that greater is he that is in you. Everyone say in me. Then he that's in the world or around you. It's been said that it's not the water around a ship that is dangerous or that sinks a boat. It's the water that gets into the ship that ends up sinking it. It's not the struggles around you that bring you down. It's when you allow the environment around you to get inside you of the things that are going on with our kids, the financial struggles, the the things that were going on in relationship. It's not those things that end up destroying us or sinking us. It's when we allow those things to get inside of us instead of us navigating through them, we allow those things to get into us. You need to understand, you've been designed, God created you to navigate those things. But we've allowed those things to get inside of us, and that's why we end up sinking many times. In the book of Genesis, I want you to see that God does not allow growth where there is no cultivation. Where there is not, I shared with you last week that if if there's not a person to cultivate the garden, God does not allow growth. So what area of your life do you want growth in? What area of your life are you looking for growth? You have to cultivate. You have to be prepared to take care of whatever area of life you want God to bless you in order for blessings to come. Because God will not send growth where there's no administration to take care of that area. Say it again, Pastor, because the reality is this. God wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. The limit that we face is in our ability to prepare ourselves for that blessing. God wants to give you more money than you have today. God wants to give you more influence than you have today. God wants to give you more property than you have today. God wants to bless you with more things, but we have to be ready in order to administrate those things that God wants to give to us. You see, God is concerned about environment. Everyone say environment. 
God is so concerned about environments that God does not create anything until the right environment is existing in order to sustain the growth of that thing. Let me try this side. So whatever God created, he had to first make sure that there was an environment to sustain it. I was right. The middle part is the most spiritual side, okay? And so I need you to understand this this morning is that God wants to bless you, but you have to create the environment for that blessing to grow, okay? And so everything God, in in the book of Genesis, everything God created, the heavens and the earth first, first, then he created, he separated the water from the sky from from each other, the land from the water, and then he took time to start creating the the stars, the the moon, and he starts creating those things, and then after that, he starts creating vegetation, because God first creates environments before God creates a thing. Because God needs to make sure that whatever's created has the right atmosphere to survive. Now, where where are we going with this? I want you to see that, remember, the garden was God's idea. God plants a garden on this earth, this new earth that he created. But I want you to see that God did not create Adam in the garden. God placed Adam in the garden. So God plants a garden here. He comes over here and creates Adam outside the garden, forms him and shapes him, and then he breathes life into Adam. Adam comes alive. You imagine the first time Adam opens his eyes? You, you imagine the, 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 where am I? Just, just to look and realize you're, you really are the only man on the face of the earth. He is stepping where no one else has ever stepped before. He is taking territory that no one ever claimed before. Everything is brand new. And when his eyes are open, he has stepped into a new atmosphere, an environment. He walks into a, a new time in his life. And I want you to understand that every one of you, when you come to Christ, you are walking into one of those a moments where God breathes upon you. You open your eyes for the very first time and you begin to walk into territory that you never walked in before. It may look the same, but you realize you see it in a different lens. Because now you're walking with awareness. Now, I want you to see what happens. God then takes this man, took him, and he places him. Everyone say placed. He places him in the garden. Now, now notice this. Adam was not created from the dirt of the garden. He was not created from the substances of the garden. The garden was created by? By? By God created the garden and placed Adam there. Adam had no claim to the garden outside of God. God gave Adam access, permission to live in the garden and to have use of all the resources in the garden. Oh, I'm going somewhere with this. God takes the man he created, puts him in this perfect environment called the garden, and then tells him to tend, watch, and to keep the garden, to take care of that area that's been 
granted him access. I need you to understand something. Some of you have become very successful. Some of you have accomplished some great things. You look at the things that you have built. You look at the things that you have done. But I need to let you in on a little secret. You did not create those things. God's the one that gave you access to the garden, to the resources, to the ability. That garden's not yours. That garden does not belong to you. Well, I built my house. I got the cars. I got the business. You got the breath that God gave to you and the abilities that God granted you to be able to do those things. None of it belongs to you. You have access. That's not your dirt. That's not your resources. You ever hear the story of the scientist that's arguing with God? Saying that we can create life too. So God and the scientist stand side by side and God takes the dirt, molds it, breathes life and the dirt comes to life. The scientist says, my turn. The scientist starts getting the dirt and God says, stop. You got to create your own dirt. Everything comes from God. God. God loves you so much that he created this atmosphere, this perfect environment for you to come. God is concerned about environments. And everything God created, he created with the ability to, and design to do what God created it to do. Now, look, look at Genesis chapter 1. This kind of review. Let me go over this real fast. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. We talked about this is your purpose. Every one of us has this, this DNA in us. This is our, our general purpose that God created you all for. It says this. Then God blessed them. How many of you know that you're blessed, not cursed? Amen. Come on, everyone say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Tell your neighbor across from you, say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Tell your other neighbor, you're blessed to sit next to me right now. Then God blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful. It's a trip. A couple weeks ago, I was speaking at a women's conference. I asked them to say something to their neighbor and women just went into a conversation. <laughs> I just say one thing and then stop. And they just went on. People were asking phone numbers, exchanging them, <laughs> selfies going on. I mean, just that, that was for free. Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. I want you to notice that God created man to have dominion, to rule, to administrate, and to reign. You were designed to rule your atmosphere. Have you ever walked into a, uh, you're walking into a situation, you see chaos, and you just feel like, I need to fix this. And you want to? It might be at a restaurant, you see a couple arguing, and you just, you, you start feeling this thing. Most men are like, man, just let it go. Just let it go. Wives are just like, I'm going to go talk to them. No, no, just sit down. <laughs> that, that's why when we see something out of place, there's something in us that was hardwired to make a difference. You were designed to make a difference in life. Amen. That's what God created you to. God didn't create you to observe situations and critique them. God created you to transform them. 
Now, I want you to see, God created us to do these things, to be fruitful, not just contribute, not, not just to, uh, to um, procreate, but to, uh, to uh, contribute as well. It's not about procreation. It's about contribution. He created us to multiply, to become excellent at whatever we do. He created us to fill. That means to take ter- territory. And God created you to transform environments by the presence of God in you, by taking it to the presence around you. And the last thing he says is to subdue or to fill. And then he says, take territory by being excellent at what you do. Okay. See, we're trying to influence our surroundings, but we're not good at anything. You only get the permission to speak into people's lives when you're good at what you do. See, so you want more influence, but you don't want to excel at what you do. You don't want to get better at what you're showing up late, leaving early. Long lunch hours, you, you don't want to read, to, you, you want to just do the, the night before the, the papers do, you want to try to cram. And so you only have influence based on the excellence that you walk in. So if we want to transform and influence our surroundings, we have to become better in the things that we do. Some of us get our ticket to heaven and we just want to leave. We don't want to do nothing. I want you to take a look at this. You go throughout this whole Bible right here, this whole word. This book wasn't written about preachers. Wasn't written about priests. It's not all about prophets. The ones that made the biggest difference were statesmen, businessmen. People that were walking the streets of that day. They were average people that God invited to make a difference, and they said yes. It's not about, this book isn't about the religious folk. In fact, when Jesus comes, the the angels don't even show up to the religious folk. It shows up to businessmen called shepherds. He didn't go to the tabernacle. He went to the field. What field do you work in? He went to whatever field the people were working that day. What am I telling you this morning? I want you to understand that everyone that made a difference, whether it was Abraham, Moses, Moses was a murderer. Brother spent some time in San Quentin. He did some Joshua. You got Joseph, Noah, Esther, Ruth, Deborah, Daniel, Nehemiah, all the people Jesus called. They weren't priests or religious people. They were businessmen. I need you to understand, you're waiting for the preacher to make a difference in the world. That's not how God works. You are the people God moves through to make a difference in your world. There's a Joseph sitting here right now. There's a Ruth sitting here right now. There's a Deborah ready ready for war right now. There is someone sitting here right now ready to shift atmospheres, transform the economy. There's a Joseph that's about to bring blessing in a time of famine sitting right here. You have been called, anointed, blessed. You have been prepared to make a difference. You need to say yes. What am I telling you this morning? I, I, I just, I remember growing up, you know, um, it's hard to believe, but when I was little, when I was young, I was short. No, really. 
I know it's hard to believe because of my stature today. And so when, even at this school, the school, August Boger Valley Vista, where I grew up in this area, all our friends, when we were getting ready to play football, baseball, whatever, is we're picking teams. It was always, okay, you get Danny. I was fast. I could catch. I, I, was, I could play. But because of my stature, I was always, okay, you get him. I was the you get him guy. I wanted to play, so I'd bring my own bat. So they didn't pick me. They didn't have a bat to play with. <laughs> Start learning different tricks to get into the game. Come on, somebody. Be excellent at what you do. So when I read the word of God in Matthew 22, where it says that many are called, but few are chosen, I had a hard time with that. That God calls many but only a few of him he chooses. That bothers me. I was like, God, that ain't right. Because some short people have some big spirits <laughs> to do something in the kingdom. Yeah. And we, 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 want, we want to play too. How, how can you leave us off your team? But as I studied that passage and I began to get into that scripture, I found that many actually should be referred to as all. All are called. The the word for called literally is invited. You've all been invited. God is having a party and every one of you has been invited. God is about to bring transformation and every one of you is invited. God's about to shift atmospheres and every one of you is invited. But then it goes into, but few are chosen. Like, wait, wait, wait a minute. All are invited, but few are chosen. That word chosen isn't written about the inviter. It is a response from the invitee. God invites us all. But the difference between being called... And chosen is your yes. God doesn't say, I choose you. I'm going to leave you out, leave you out, leave you out. I'll choose you. I'm going to leave you out, leave you out. That's not the way it is. If I was having a dinner party at my house and I gave you all an invitation and then some of you didn't RSVP, you can't get mad at me for you not showing up and not coming. Oh, he just picked a few of his favorites to come out. No, there were some that actually RSVP'd and said, yes, God right now is inviting you all to make a difference, but it's time for us to say, yes, God, you are a yes away from bringing change and transformation. Somebody say amen. You got a yes for God this morning? See, as I get ready to close this morning, I want you to see something here. In fact, that the worship team would help me. I spoke this years ago in regards to atmospheres, climates, strongholds, and cultures. Have you ever walked into a room where someone's just got done arguing? You weren't there for the argument, but you walk in and you could feel the atmosphere. Or people just got done laughing. 
And you weren't there for the joke, but you walk in and you could feel, what what, what I miss? (laughs) Because you can, I want you to understand that atmospheres are the prevailing spiritual environment. That, That some of you have the ability to walk in a room and tell what's going on spiritually, what spirits are going on there. You can walk in, you can feel bitterness. You can walk in and feel joy. You can walk in and see what's going on. You see, every, every atmosphere that you walk into, you can recognize. But an atmosphere sustained becomes a climate. My wife and I were heading out to Palm Springs recently, and it was cold in San Francisco when we got there. We got shorts on. We got tank tops and everything. And people are, look, they're walking through SFO with coats on. They got, they got sweats and hoodies on. And we're walking in with shorts, and people are looking at us like, what's wrong with you? They were judging how we were dressed based on where we were, not where we were going. And you're allowing people to judge you on where you're at with them not knowing that you're dressed for where I'm going, not for where I'm at right now. Oh, somebody needs to hear me this morning. You need to wreck, I'm going somewhere. That you need to start dressing right now for where you're headed, not start dressing for where you're at. You need to be prepared for where God's going to take you. you got to be prepared for where you're going to, not where you're at at this moment. When you sustain that, that atmosphere, it becomes a climate. A climate something that you, can, you know that it's going to be. It's consistent. You know there's certain families. You go to certain families, they're always laughing. They invite you over. You can't wait to hang out with them because they always have joy. You know what I'm talking about? That's the, the, the Rodriguez's, man. They're just always, they're, they're just, these folks are always, they're joyful. You go there, you're going you're gonna to end up playing games. You're going to eat. You're going to do, it just, they just, and you're going to get home late because they like to fellowship as well. But the reality is this, you, you know, they sustain an environment around them. That they have a climate. You know that you're, if you walk into them and they're depressed, that's not a Rodriguez climate. Some of you need to shift your atmosphere and start becoming consistent in your climates. That, that you have to shift your atmosphere to become a, cli- a climate, something you can... If you're going to go to Florida right now, how would you dress? Why? It's going to be hot and humid there. You know you, you can... You, it, you get there, that weather is not going to let you down. You know what to expect because it's a climate. A climate sustained becomes a stronghold. It becomes a way of thinking. And some of us need to change our thinking. But you can't change your thinking until that climate begins to change around you. And so that climate sustained becomes a way of thinking. Listen, it's too late to build the ark when the rain starts falling. And so you have to make a change in your mind now that I'm not going to leave my wife or my husband. I'm not going to leave my family. I'm going to stay in my church. I'm going to stay in my ministry. I'm going to stay in my business. I'm not letting go. You have to make a choice before the crisis arises. The strongest thing you can do in life is to stay. It's easy to run. But you got to learn how to fight through things. Now, that sustained, it becomes a culture. I want you to notice this as we close. 
This past weekend on Friday, we celebrated Mama Pomeli's homegoing. Pastor Ula Pomeli, great family friend, we love, we love them. And I've spoken many uh, events for, for the Samoan community, uh, the um, Assembly of God, uh, Samoan pastors and so forth. And his wife just recently passed away. We went there for her homegoing and, and to listen to the Samoan community sing at that homegoing, it's a little slice of heaven. Whenever you walk into one of those services, you, there's a certain cultural thing. You know, what's a trip is that I don't think I've ever been to a Samoan cultural funeral where people were wailing. I don't know if it happens. It might, but I just, it's usually a celebration. There's a certain culture about it, a certain way they do things, and when you sustain something long enough, it becomes a way of life. Listen, you might be Polynesian, you might be white, you might be Hispanic, you might be uh, Asian, you might, you, you might be Filipino. It doesn't, whatever, whatever background you come from, that culture is not as important as the kingdom culture. Your personal culture comes secondary to your kingdom culture. And that's what you're responsible to bring. You need to hear me as I close this morning because this is the most important thing that I, that I could share with you this morning. Is that you are not here by accident. You are here by assignment. That God placed Adam in the garden. God set him down. He placed him there. He assigned him there like, like a, a military putting, putting a, 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 a group of army men there. He, he assigned them there. He stationed them there. You are not where you're at by accident. God placed you in your family, in your community, in your city, in your, your area. God placed you there not by accident but by assignment. You're there on purpose. The same way he placed Ezekiel in the valley of dry bones, God placed him there to make a difference. You are in that dry place to make a difference. Not to make fun of them, not to complain about them, but to make a difference. So how do we change atmospheres? Everyone stand to your feet. We change atmospheres this morning through ice. Not talking about the immigration services. So don't want no one running out of here freaking out. You shift atmospheres by number one being intentional. You shift atmospheres by being consistent. And you shift atmospheres by being excellent. You got to be intentional about what you want to see in your family, in your marriage, in your finances, in your body, in your ministry. You got to be intentional. You got to make a choice. This is what I want to see take place. This is what I want to see happen. You can't hope that things are going to change. You got to be intentional to change the culture in your family, in your community, in your business. You got to make a choice. This is what I want to see. Identify it right now. What do you want to see in your family? Secondly, be consistent. 
Some of your families don't even know what you believe because you say one thing and do another. Go to church one week and then take four weeks off. Be consistent. God isn't something you do. God is someone you serve. You're committed to him. Be consistent. And then lastly, be excellent. Whatever you do, be excellent at what you do. Don't just go through motions. Become great at what you do. I said become great at what you do. If you sing in a punk band, then be the best punk lead singer you can be. Right, Ray? If you run hospitality at one of the best colleges in the area, then be the best that you can be in that area. If you sell gap insurance, be the best that you can be in that area. If you help people out with finances, then be the best financial manager you can be. Why? Because you owe it to yourself, but more importantly, you owe it to God. Come on, doc, be the best doctor you can be. Don't just rely on just your physical tools. God will grant you wisdom beyond what medical science can bring about. Excel. Excel in everything. Make those cakes sing. Show God's glory through the cakes you make. Every video that you shoot, with NBA players or professional, whatever aspect God's granted you access to, make those things sing the glory of God. Show them off. Whatever we do, do with excellence. Come on. Intentional. Consistency. Excellence. Bro, you're excellent at what you do, man. I'm in awe of the way you started that business, the way you make things happen there. They're they're calling you up to get students to their schools because of what you've created. Excellence. But every one of you were wired for this. Sheriff, that's what you were created for. You were created for this. It's what you do. Come on, lift your hands all over this place. About to take you to another level right now. Come on, get ready. Get ready. It's not what Pastor Dan's going to bring. It's what the Holy Spirit's about to impart to you right now. Get yourself ready. You're about to go to another level as a mom. You're about to go to another level as a husband. You're about to reach new levels. Vicki, I'm so proud of you. Five years of sobriety. Five years of sobriety. Wow. Come here. There are some of you that are struggling with one day. And it just took her one day, one decision to say, because of her daughter, I'm not going to touch another drink. It took one choice to bring 
five years of sobriety. But were there times you wanted to turn back? Yeah. Times your kids wanted forced you wanted to drink because of them kids, because of your husband, because of this church, because of the community. There are people that will drive you to drink. But you didn't. You didn't. She's excellent because she made a choice. Come on, give her a round of applause this morning. the way your little girl looks at you now? Mark, you've, cha- you've shifted atmospheres at home, man. You've changed them. Your little girl is walking with her daddy to church now because you made a choice to shift that atmosphere. What needs to shift? Tired of your family being in poverty? Make a choice today to get out of debt. You want to get rid of that debt spirit of cancer or diabetes make a choice to get healthy today and let's make some choices that are going to shift the next generation it's in you everyone say it's in me father we just thank you right now lord we want my god we want to get to new levels right now i want you to think of that area you need to grow in i want you right now to grab a hold of that area you need to excel in I want you to grab a hold of right now that area that you want to break in your life. That, that, that depression, that depression doesn't belong in your life. You weren't created for depression. You weren't created, you were created for dominion, not depression. That has no room in your life. We, we claim right now that you were created for better. That poverty, that living paycheck to paycheck, that's not God's desire for your life. He wants to bless you so that you can bless others. That, that marriage that's struggling, that's not God's will for your life. God created you to excel. There's a comeback on the verge in your life right now. That schooling that you're going through, that struggle in school, God right now is going to grant you wisdom to be able to grow in that time right now. Come on. Father, we just speak blessing over every person. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.